Hello and welcome to Gateway's second video preach. If you don't know me, my name is Nigel. I'm part of the leadership team here at Gateway and it is great to be with you. I hope you're doing okay and that you're managing to navigate these rapidly changing times in which we find ourselves. It's not easy to uh, navigate, is it? So just to say as we start that um, we really want you to know as leaders that we are continually praying for you and praying for peace and grace to be with you um, at this time. They're challenging times. Uh, one of the ways in which they're challenging is just for us technophobes, and I'm sure there's plenty of you out there can identify with this, all of a sudden we actually have to know how to work our phones. Um, all of a sudden, we're all communicating on Zoom. Who knew? Uh, a week ago, I thought that that was a song from the 80s by uh, Fat Larry's band, but uh, some of you will know what that means, but probably lots of you won't. I'm, I'm not going to sing it for you now. Um, I'm sorry that I can't see you. I'm imagining you all there now in your pajamas with your cups of coffee. I hope you've got your breakfast ready to go. Um, so let's crack on. Um, we're going to stick in Exodus today um, for another week at least. Um, and really, as Al said last week, this is so relevant to where we find ourselves at the moment. I want to talk to you today about generosity. As Colin mentioned a couple of weeks ago, this was already on our preaching plan for the weeks ahead and really, I want to continue with it because I believe that the times in which we find ourselves mean that this is so relevant for us now and increasingly so. So we're going to stick with that and talk about generosity. I want to go back a couple of chapters in Exodus from where Al was last weekend, back to chapter 16. And we're going to read some of the uh, story about the manna that God provided for the Israelites. So I'm going to read from the beginning of chapter 16. So the Israelites set out from Elim and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month when they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you've brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron um, said to all the people of Israel, at evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, 
It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered, gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. Okay, you'll notice if you're following in your Bible that I cut out a few verses in the middle there, but go back afterwards and reread chapter 16. And let me start with just a couple of observations, really general observations of the relevance of this part of Exodus to where we find ourselves right now. So the Israelites have been rescued from slavery in Egypt. That much they were clear on a couple of months ago. They'd celebrated it on the bank of the Red Sea, having crossed over with um, singing and dancing and all of that. It wasn't very long ago. What they didn't know, of course, was what was coming next. The next part of the journey was totally uncharted territory for them. They found themselves in the wilderness. They weren't in any way prepared for it. Some of it they didn't much like. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we can identify with some of those things in terms of where we find ourselves right now. So firstly, let me just say a couple of things about the manner. And first of all, just to say that the, the, uh, as we read just now, the meaning of the word manner is, what is it? It's a question. What is this? And I think that's so relevant for us because uh, one of the key things for us at this time, I believe, is that we are coming to God and asking him, what, what is this time? What is it that you're doing? This is a time, I believe, for seeking God individually and together and asking him, Lord, what is it that you're doing in this time? What, is, what, what should we be uh, doing? What should we be focusing on? What is it that you've got for us? What do you want to teach us in this time? What is it? It's important to remember, isn't it, that this season that we're in and all that's happening in society around us hasn't taken God by surprise. I keep remembering back to a prophetic word that came uh, on a Sunday uh, in the West site about a month or so ago um, from Isaiah 43, which Leroy brought to us. Um, and he quoted Isaiah 43 um, verse 19 and said this, see, I'm doing a new thing, God says. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. In many ways, this is a wilderness where we find ourselves. There's struggles and challenges in all sorts of ways. And there'll be, there'll be different things for different people right now. But we need to be a, a people who seek God. We need to keep hold of the promises that God has given us. They don't, uh, they're, they're not suddenly put on hold because of what's happening in society around us. And who knows, this might be the very thing that God uses to fulfill the things that he's spoken to us about. So let's be seeking God and asking him, what do you want to do in this time? The other thing about the manna, of course, is that fundamentally it's about daily dependence on God. So the, prov the provision for, from God was only one day at a time. God's people were not in control. They couldn't plan ahead. But that is exactly where God wanted them. They had to come to him for what they needed every day. And what he gave them was only enough for that day. So it made them totally dependent on him. 
And that has to be the new pattern that we establish in our lives, I believe, in these days. We're really being forced into it. We, we can't plan ahead. We don't know what is down the road. And depending on your personality, that will be easier or more difficult for you. But I believe it, it's something that God wants to use. It's Jesus's prayer, isn't it? Give us this day our daily bread. And that needs to come alive to us, I believe, so that we're going to God dependent on him every day. The call to us, I believe, at this time is to make this moment count. Remember that um, when we've been referring back to this passage in, in the weeks gone by, uh, there are some things that only happen in the wilderness and God uses wilderness moments uh, particularly powerfully in, in our lives. And we see that throughout the Bible. So um, I've referenced back on previous weeks in the Song of Songs where um, the beloved comes out of the wilderness leaning on her lover. And also then Jesus, when he goes into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil, and we see him being led into the wilderness by the spirit, but coming out in the power of the spirit. So there's something that goes on in the wilderness where we're to lean on God and we're to be filled and empowered by the spirit of God through and in the midst of the challenges that we face. Potentially, after this, it will be easy to go back to old habits. But I believe, we believe that there's some things that God wants to do in us and through us at this time. And there's some, some patterns, there's some things that need to be established, particularly dependence on God, that we hope will stay rooted in us and will change us for the days ahead. Um, one of the things uh, in that category, I believe, is the new household groups that we're establishing. So we have an opportunity amongst us as God's people um, to see community established and relationship and one anothering in a way that we really haven't done before. And in some ways, the constraints of where we find ourselves now has brought us to the point where this is a, an amazing opportunity for us. So um, I'll talk about a bit more about it um, in a bit, but suffice to say at this point that um, we, my prayer is, our prayer is that coming out the end of this, we will have established something in the way that we care for one another that um, never goes away again. So let's make the mo most of this moment when everything is thrown up in the air, when many things that our society has depended upon and relied on have kind of gone by the wayside, they've suddenly disappeared. Let's cultivate a new dependence on God. And, and just before we move on to generosity specifically, one other thing, and that is let's expect God to break in. So in verse seven, uh, in the chapter 16 that we've just read, it says this, in the morning you shall see the glory of God because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that the amazing grace of God that the grumbling of God results in him, um, in him showing the Israelites his glory? Again, also in verse 10, it says this, as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked towards the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And so as the idols, if you like, the things that we've relied on as they come down around us, I just believe that there's a moment where we're to seek the glory of God, to seek his presence, to see what he will do amongst us in ways that we haven't seen or maybe expected before. So let's pursue him um, and let's believe him for uh, him breaking in and for stories amongst us uh, of things that he does that we weren't necessarily um, seeing before. 
Okay, so that's some general stuff on this place in the wilderness where we find ourselves like the people of Israel did. Now let's talk specifically about generosity. Now generosity is the outworking, the fruit, the natural result, if you like, of dependence on God. We get to be generous because God has promised to take care of us. So the instinct in a moment of uncertainty like this, isn't it, is to grab what we can to self-preserve, to try and maintain control. We've seen it all around us, haven't we, in in recent days. But the call to the people of God is the opposite of that, is to depend on God, to be generous, to give of ourselves in every way possible, because the kingdom of God is upside down to the world. And this generosity is is based on what? Well, three things from um, this part of Exodus. The first thing is this, understanding where we are in our own story. So like the Israelites, we are between deliverance from slavery and the promised land. And the Bible tells us that life in this middle part of the journey will be uncertain, which is why, apart from anything else, generosity, giving away of what we have and ourselves and our time, it's just the sensible response. So Jesus says this in Matthew 6, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what we do with our money and our resources and our time and our gifts reveals the focus of our hearts. So that's the first thing, understanding where we are in our own story between rescue from slavery and the promised land. But secondly, trusting in the goodness of God as our provider. Like the Israelites, our rescue and our inclusion in God's family is all down to his mercy and grace. If we can trust him for our salvation and our future, then surely we can trust him also for the journey in between. Again, Jesus in Matthew 6, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. And he goes on to talk about the birds and the flowers and how they're clothed. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I know that this is a battleground, isn't it, for many of us. But let's go to war with in our hearts and our minds in terms of trusting God for what we need each day, being dependent on him, coming to him every day, trusting the goodness of God in, uh, as our provider so that we can then be generous to those around us. Third thing, submitting to the trust, the training and testing of God. So like the Israelites, we will be tested by God in this area. God wants us to grow up as Christians, to mature, and having to depend on him is one of the main ways that he trains us. So this from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, so they're not, you're not slaves anymore, but I want to test the sincerity 
of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Paul then actually, interestingly, immediately references the Israelites and the story with the manna. The result being, the result of generosity being that, if you like, everybody had enough, so nobody went without. And God wants to develop in us the family likeness, his family likeness, which is generosity. And his promise is that as we come to depend on him, as we go to him and give ourselves um, to trust him for what we need so we're released to be generous and he will keep supplying what we need so that we be, can be increasingly generous, uh, Paul says in the following chapter, in chapter nine. Okay, so in terms of application, I believe that God is calling us to be incredibly generous at this time as we rely on him. How do we apply this? Well, even in our own households in these days, we're gonna have to be generous and full of grace. I don't know about you, we, a lot of us are uh, stuck in our houses in ways that weren't before. There's more, more of us around. We're going to have to be generous just with our time and our space and the way that we treat one another. And we're going to need God's help with that. But as I said earlier, one of the particular ways that I want to apply this today is through the new household groups. So we're really excited about seeing a whole new raft of uh, looking after one another, caring for one another, really just being the church of Jesus Christ. Um, we're looking for that to spring up uh, a whole new fruitfulness of that amongst us, if you like, as we connect with one another across the body in challenging times. So if you haven't yet connected to one of these groups, I would love to invite you uh, to get in touch with us and let us connect you into a group where you can uh, be in contact with people and where we can look out for one another. Now, some of us are going to struggle financially um, in all sorts of ways in the days and, and weeks and months ahead. Some of us significantly, that won't happen with others, but this is going to be challenging days financially. And we need to be, in a way that we've never been before really, uh, the body of Christ and the people of God with one another. We need to be serving one another and looking out for one another in this way. So one of the things that I want to ask you to do today is consider whether uh, those of us who are able to, whether you're able to put some money into our welfare fund. Um, it, it's a place that we haven't used that much up to now, but I think it's going to be used in the days ahead. And we would love to invite you to be generous so that we can have a good pot of money that we're able to give to people as needs, as financial needs come up uh, in the days ahead. Uh, we'll put details attached to this communication of how you can do that. But please do consider uh, giving into the welfare fund. And then I guess there's a whole area of displaying the generosity of God to those outside the church. The church in Acts 2 was this kind of church, wasn't it? And we see the results of that. Look at Acts 2 verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we believe that as we become the community that God has called us to be, that actually this will overflow and the God's grace and generosity will be seen by those around us. I I don't know about you, many of you will have done similar things, but in the, in the last week or so, we've delivered 
uh, cards in our street, through all the doors, 12 doors in our close around us, just saying that we'd love to help in any way that we can, to pray for people, to get shopping for people, whatever. And the response from neighbours has just been amazing. Uh, people that we, you know, will go weeks normally when we, we hardly talk to, but there's there's something that happens as we are generous with ourselves. And, you know, even if those people actually don't need us in the days ahead, then there's something that will have changed in our relationships um, after this is over. And I, I'd love to encourage those of you who haven't done that kind of thing to think about how you might do that with neighbours. Um, for Swindon at large as well, there's all sorts of ways in which we can potentially help those in need around us. And if you have spare capacity, we'd love to direct you to Compassionate Swindon, which is a council-led initiative. Uh, as churches, we're really wanting to get behind that and support what the council and the health service are doing. Um, and there, there's a website, again, which will give you details of where you can go if you've got spare capacity in terms of time or uh, you're able to just talk to people um, uh, and that will detail for you ways in which we can serve as the people of God, which we can serve and be generous to our town. OK, let's pray in these days for a great release of generosity amongst us as we learn on a daily basis, as the Israelites did with, us, with the manna, as we learn on a daily basis to be absolutely dependent on God and to keep coming back to him. By way of summary, let me finish with the words of a famous hymn, which, of course, is based in Exodus 16. Not really sure how it got associated with Welsh rugby, but you'll be familiar with it probably. It says this, Guide me, O thou great Redeemer, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. And then the original version of the final line, Omnipotent, omnipotent is the one who brings me to the shore. Let's pray. Father, I just want to pray in these days that, Lord, as we're in this wilderness time, in all sorts of different ways, with different challenges for different people, that, Lord, you would teach us, you would test us, you would change us, you would cause us to be dependent on you day by day. And as a result of that, Lord, to be released into incredible generosity with one another, but also overflowing outside of your people and into the community around us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.